morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, August 16th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Afghanistan's president has fled the country as the Taliban advances on Kabul. In Haiti, the death toll is rising from Saturday's earthquake, and now a tropical storm is on the way. Plus, the Delta variant is spreading, and governments are using all kinds of tactics to get people vaccinated. The problem with all these incentives and all these mandates is that although they seem to work in the short time, it's further intensified the people marching at weekends in protest. The anti-vaxxers may be a small minority, but they've been revitalized by this. I'm Lauren Fedor, in for Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Afghan President Ashraf Ghani fled his country yesterday as the Taliban poured into Kabul. They're on the verge of regaining control of the capital nearly 20 years after they were ousted by an invasion led by the U.S. Panicked Afghan citizens also tried to flee, and there was chaos at Kabul airport. Meanwhile, the U.S. and European governments raced to evacuate their citizens. Many Afghans expressed fury at the U.S. focus on evacuating its own citizens and leaving the local population at the mercy of the Taliban. And Haiti is reeling from the massive earthquake that struck this weekend. By Sunday night, officials had counted more than 1,200 people dead and nearly 6,000 injured. Now there's a tropical storm headed towards the island. Here's the FT's Gideon Long. The U.S. National Hurricane Center is warning that it will bring heavy rainfall and then it could lead to flash and urban flooding. So uh, it could be flooding in the affected area by the earthquake. That's why rescuers in the area are trying to get as many people from the rubble as they can as quickly as possible and to also treat the injured. The hospitals in the area that's been hit by the earthquake are apparently over capacity. So there's an urgency because of the imminent arrival of Tropical Storm Grace. Gideon, the earthquake comes at a terrible time for Haiti. The country's president was assassinated last month. There's so much political uncertainty, not to mention widespread gang violence. Are there security concerns affecting the relief effort? There are. If you look at the map of Haiti, the worst affected area from the earthquake is a peninsula. The whole of the south of Haiti is a long peninsula, and the worst affected areas are right at the end of that peninsula. There's one road which leads from the capital, Port-au-Prince, to the peninsula, and it's been blocked in recent weeks by criminal gangs. Now, it's unclear if those gangs are allowing aid to go through or if they're hampering the relief efforts. So there is some uncertainty. I've been talking to aid workers in Port-au-Prince, and they're just not sure that they can actually get the aid through because of the security situation. Gideon Long covers Haiti for the FT. Many countries thought they were winning the race against COVID, but now they're confronting another spike in cases, so they have to keep pushing people to get vaccinated. Officials are using all kinds of carrots and sticks, but both those approaches have their own risks. I'm joined by our science editor, Clive Cookson. Hi, Clive. Hi, Lauren. So we should probably start out by saying this is a a rich country problem. What do you mean when you say that? It's a problem for countries that have plenty of vaccine supplies and are now trying to get the reluctant adults, young adults in particular, to take them up. And those are countries in Europe and North America in particular. Of course, poorer parts of the world, especially in Africa, are very, very short of vaccines. 
they'd love to have this problem. But if we look at Europe and North America, I think they're doing pretty well in terms of numbers vaccinated. The figures are above 70% of adults almost everywhere. Mm. So, you know, that 70% threshold, it seems that that's not good enough, though, right? Policymakers want to bring that number higher. What are they doing in terms of stick when it comes to convincing the unvaccinated to get vaccinated? Well, the stick approach is really gaining traction now. There are two sorts of sticks or mandates, as they're now being called. One is that you need proof of vaccination, a health pass or a vaccine pass, to go into restaurants, places of leisure and entertainment. So that's one sort of compulsion. The other is you need to be doubly vaccinated to work. And an increasing number of employers, particularly in the States, are saying, if you're not vaccinated by, so typically, I think, mid-October to give people time, then you're not going to work with us any longer. Are there risks with these approaches? You know, could they backfire, whether it's the carrot or the stick? I think that the carrots risk annoying people who've already been vaccinated, doubly vaccinated, willingly. And if you then see someone else being offered 100 or $300 to do the same thing as you did without any carrot, that's annoying. And I've already seen that in social media. When it comes to the stick, there's a real risk of alienation, I think. The problem with all these incentives and all these mandates is that although they seem to work in the short time, it's further intensified the people marching at weekends in protest. The anti-vaxxers may be a small minority, but they've been revitalized by this. So I would say it's the sort of increasing divisions that is the real downside of this. Are there other tactics that public health experts and policymakers are suggesting as an alternative? What public health experts and vaccinologists would love is to do away with the carrots and the sticks and use the power of persuasion. It's thought that the vehemently anti-vax feeling is quite a smallish hardcore, and there are probably more people who are reluctant. They may not have time to take an hour or two to go to a vaccine center. So if you can, A, persuade them, that it really is worth doing, that the benefits of vaccination for them personally, as well as their sort of social responsibility, outweigh the very small risks of side effects, then that will help. You also need, I think, to make it more convenient. So there's increasing emphasis on mobile vaccine clinics, vaccine buses, taking the vaccines to where people are so that you can very, very quickly get your jab and get out again. Despite the Delta variant, in Austria, officials have gone ahead with their world-famous classical music festival in Salzburg. The city hosted a scaled-back festival last year, but this year it's in full swing. Streets are filled with concertgoers and performances are packed. That's even though COVID cases are creeping up in the country and about half the population there is vaccinated. 
there is a COVID safety strategy, and it's been shared with over 50 institutions worldwide as an example of how to stage cultural events safely. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.